If you're ready to finally start putting the pieces together and get a head start on your sober curious journey, you've got to get in my program, Awaken Sober Living. The secret sauce that really brings it all together is asking the right questions and then actually answering them. And then we go a little bit deeper. So if you're over the trap of trying to figure it out with moderation and stopping and starting all the time, this is the space for you to get a whole new perspective and make space for something new to come through. And that something new is more of you. There'll be a link right here in the show notes for you to go on over and get right in there. You can also just go to visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and we will get going. I'll see you on the inside. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. So how did last Friday go if you've been listening? And if you haven't, go back and listen to last week's episode because the truth is, is it's not just about getting through Friday, right? It's it's anything that you're haven't fully sold yourself on when it comes to alcohol. And it's the way that you're transitioning through the rest of your life, the way that you're viewing the rest of your life. So if, you know, coaching and especially coaching with me in this way on alcohol is different than like substance abuse counseling. I know that a lot of people will do cognitive behavioral therapy, which are our our beliefs about alcohol. But it's the reason that this is different is because we're not deciding that there is something that we can't handle about alcohol. It's that it's deciding on the belief that alcohol is limiting our experience, right? We're not limited in a way internally that we can't handle alcohol, but alcohol in general, no matter how much we can handle it or not handle it, quote unquote, is limiting our experience. And what handling it even means is a completely subjective term anyway. Everything is built on belief, and that is what is standing in between you and finding freedom from alcohol. And this is what the journey of awakening through the process of coaching is all about. It's how you feel when you think about yourself on the other side of alcohol. It's how you feel when you think about life on the other side of alcohol. And the truth is, is that is what's holding you back. So what we do to get you there is we build a bridge of evidence in between. And that happens in three steps using the five shifts process. But we grow our awareness 
around alcohol, we educate ourselves with new tools, and we grow with evidence and evaluation, right? So awareness, education, and growth are really the three steps to unlearning and learning anything. This is even based on a research of the science of how the human learns, right? But the very first step is to decide, not to decide when you know, when you have the awareness, education, and growth, right? Then I'm a yes, I'm then I'm sold on it. But to decide now that I'm going to work towards the belief that I want, right? So we create what I call a belief goal, right? Which is, I don't want to drink, right? Like that's just one example. So Right now, I shared the thought that Matthew had a couple of weeks ago of someday I won't want to either, right? But what you want to do when you create your belief goal is you want to put yourself in the, you want to put that belief in the present tense, right? I don't want to either. I don't want to either. And then you have to work to build the ladder of belief and evidence to that place. So when you really think of like, I don't want to either, like what would that feel like in your body? And if that doesn't feel good and right now that feels like a lie or you just can't even imagine that, then we work towards the belief that you can actually feel. And what would the impact be on your life, right? Like what are all of the things that you can imagine could grow your confidence, Limit, eliminating your anxiety, the way that you just seem you're more peaceful, less negative, because this viewing life through this way I talked about last week, when we become the the observer of the object and we become the witness, and we learn to really cultivate that witness perspective, is when everything changes. When we take control of our interpretations of the world, we don't need the world to change to match our judgments. We change to become more neutral, a neutral observer, right? And to even have a positive take on things that feel challenging or scary, that our growth edge is our growing in our spirituality, that our growth edge is us growing as individuals, experiencing more things out of life, that we don't avoid the scary things, that maybe we see them as opportunities for growth, for new experiences. So there's such a huge, huge impact that coaching in this way has on every single other thing you will do in your life through the process of eliminating the want of alcohol because you because that's what we do. We work on eliminating your desire, the physical component of it, and your attachment, your beliefs around it, what the idea of alcohol, how it's how it is part of your self-concept in your life. So we work to reduce those thoughts that create desired attachment. We explore those, and then we build new ones based on evidence that are the contrary of those, right? But the very first step is to decide, I'm going to say yes to my future self, to my potential, to not letting alcohol get any more of my time. Like, this is kind of silly, right? It's just like, 
It's not necessary. And I know that. And so I want to work to change my mindset around it. I know what the truth is and I'm ready to go beyond that. We're not figuring out how to keep alcohol around, how to moderate, how to do any of that. We're figuring out why it's important in the first place, even to in the smallest amount and how to make it unimportant. That doesn't mean you can't ever drink again. That has nothing to do with it. It means why? What is your experience without it? And how is even that one drink, that one champagne toast at a wedding when how is that limiting your perspective? How is that limiting your potential? Now, if you have that champagne toast, but saying no to it has no resistance, well, then then maybe there's something there, right? But once you get to that point, it's just a moot point and like the presence of alcohol and even like will probably put you into a tailspin. I mean, I know for me, if I had any alcohol right now, I would feel awful. I would feel so dissociated. I can barely drink coffee anymore, (laughs) which is a good thing. Like, I mean, it is a good thing. Like I feel really alive and present and I am more sensitive to what I'm taking in because my body has got back as an adult. I have been reconditioning all the systems of my body to be back at like, kind of a base level, right? And I mean, I'm not saying I had some Oreo thins over the weekend, like, yeah, that happened. (laughs) And these things happen. And I do have coffee. But there's just, there's a recalibration and a detoxification process on a cellular level, not just from the alcohol, but from the beliefs, from the conditioning, from the way that the the chemical reaction that happens when we live in a state of fear and scarcity and lack, right? Which I absolutely have. I have part of the human experience and my clients have, but it's the, it's your ability to recognize it quicker with curiosity, with compassion, and just see if you can go beyond it. But you have to decide from a place of love And love can also create a little bit of nervousness, right? Like nervous excitement, not fear, scarcity, and lack, right? And you know that you're, anytime we're in fear, it's not the truth. It's just a limited perspective. This won't work. I can't do it. It's not possible. It won't, it will be different it will be terrible, right? Like anytime we have that, like there, you just don't know, you can't, you're not in the future, right? And, and you may have had that experience before. It's because your thoughts were reinforcing that. You're like, see, you found all the evidence in your world to say, see, I told you so. And there's all of these myths about quitting alcohol that just have you moving away from alcohol, just like you were covering up all of your emotions all this time with alcohol, where you just kind of put blinders on the alcohol even exists and pretend like it's not there instead of just like confronting it, stepping behind it, becoming the witness and being like, oh yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Right. And like, that's where I want you to be is like, it really wasn't that big of a deal all along. And it's kind of like when you talk yourself, like talk, try to talk yourself out of going to something and then you're like, no, but I really want to go. And you don't want to disappoint people and this whole, whole big thing. And you get dressed up and you go and you have like the most amazing time. 
and you are all nervous about having to meet new people and even maybe give a speech or, you know, all of the things that we talk up in our minds. And you're like, oh my God, it was so much easier than I thought it was going to be. It was so much better or a first date or like anything that we create a bigger deal of in our minds, our minds go to that place naturally. So you have to practice mindful awareness, but you have to say yes to learning a new way or it never will work. And my clients that have the biggest breakthroughs, the quickest are intrigued to learn about self-inquiry. They're ready to know more about the mind. They're excited to see like, ooh, like we have this cool instrument, this tool that has created so much amazing things. Like, how can I use that for me? How can I grow my self-awareness and expand from this limited self-concept to the bigger self-concept? And they, they showed up and they did the work because they said they were going to. They take personal responsibility and show up with integrity. Now, this doesn't mean that they're like working at it eight hours a day, right? It just means that they that they come up We take the plan that we make for them for that week, they implement it, and then they report back, right? So they're all that they're doing is changing their mindset. And there is some other additional resources to utilize to to expedite results to get the most out of them. But they they have integrity with the process while they're in it and they show up, right? And then it and then there's also support for if someone you know, isn't necessarily showing up that way. Why, right? What else is more important right now than committing to making this your number one priority? It's like we commit to making alcohol a priority, but committing to just uncovering our beliefs about alcohol from this kind of relaxed, neutral place instead of in a panic mode, it can just be a really delightful experience. It's just like growing your awareness about yourself for anything. It's just like, I mean, my yoga, my journey with yoga as a teacher and a practitioner for over 20 years, it just keeps getting better. And I have to say, although I have no interest in alcohol anymore, I still see a comparison in my life because it was so prevalent for so long that like it just keeps getting better without it. But it only keeps getting better without it because I'm, I'm in the process of self-inquiry and I'm always wanting to look for where I'm limiting my own experience through my thoughts and not by through and not processing my emotions where I'm wanting the object to change, right? Like my, I'm wanting to, to, to change the other person or my emotions or the circumstance versus just changing my thoughts about it, or even just observing my thoughts and letting them go. We don't always have to change our thoughts. We can just observe our thoughts and our emotions and just let them go. So that's part of the education. You learn new tools for emotional processing and you cultivate the con- the witness consciousness. And a huge part of this is the cycles and rhythms is the compassionate witness of non-judgmental observation, right? And so we we change that inner critic, that inner self-dialogue and when we start to notice that that we are expecting ourselves, like last week I talked about transitions, that we're not allowing ourselves to be in transition. How can, like, that's the most important time to bring in that voice of the compassionate witness, right? Like, yeah, it's okay. Like, I'm always saying, like, give yourself permission. Just give yourself permission to let it be. It's like, there's not a problem until there is one. Matthew always says, ask for... (laughs) ask for forgiveness, not permission. Right. And it's like, until there's a problem, 
like you're the only one creating it. Like no one's, no one else is telling you that there's a problem with alcohol. There might be someone telling you there's a problem with alcohol. I mean, that could be, that could definitely be the case. But why is that a problem? Because if you didn't think it was a problem, it wouldn't be a problem, right? I remember hearing Brooke Castillo one time use this example of like when people, um, like if someone was to tell you, I hate your blue hair, but you don't have blue hair, you would be like, okay, whatever, right? The only reason that the only reason that other people's opinions have any weight on us is because there's some part of it we believe that's true, right? Now, there might be someone that is really insecure, that's really terrified, that's like constantly afraid of the world, that's constantly apologizing for their existence. It might be like, oh my God, is my hair blue? Right? Like we probably know someone like that. And then that's another layer of like trusting yourself, right? Really just trusting what your body is telling you. And so we reinforce that. The growth piece of that is showing up every single week to reinforce that. So then like we create the plan. That's the education. Okay. Here's the tools that you're going to use. Here's how we're going to set up, um, how you're going to place your attention with your intention. We talk about the five shifts. This is how you allow an emotion, cultivate the witness consciousness. Okay. How did it work? What worked? What didn't? What would you do differently? What was the thought that got you in, um, the interrupted, the, the outcome that you were looking for from yourself, right? How did, um, the circumstance changed and then your thoughts changed, and this whole process is actually, I mean, it's, it was, it's intentionally designed through, you know, our intuition, which I think has, we're so be, I think we're so behind on, on, in, in the scientific realms of really studying intuition and, um, that when we have that cognitive, confirmation bias for from the external how much more influential that is because the intuitive self hasn't been cultivated and it, i think it's because the intuitive self is a superpower <laughs> and maybe it's been intentional that we don't cultivate the intuitive self but we're seeing a shift in that because we're seeing a rise in just more independent thinking more um independent like wealth and people growing and creating and producing their own things and kind of stepping outside of that um, you know, some of that societal narrative, but in a traditional way of how we learn and how we remember is what coaching really is. So we, we watch and we watch pictures. <laughs> we, we like take in information. Um, and there is part of the work that I do in the course portion of of my one-on-one coaching program where there are is information that comes in through videos, right? And then we teach the activity. And this teaching part is a lot of you self-coaching yourself. But when you come back to tell me on a coaching call what worked and what didn't, you're also teaching the activity. So if you watch a video and you answer a few questions, this is you teaching yourself. But then it's also when we evaluate, it's also going to be you teaching the activity. 
planning ahead of time and creating the plan on our coaching call, which is about 90% of how we learn and how much we remember, is you actually simulating the activity. So in your head, you're creating the new mindset and in your body for how you're going to think, how you're the emotion that you're going to generate, and then the behavior and the result you'll have of that. So you decide on that ahead of time right? And then you actually go participate in the activity, which is where you're going to generate all the evidence from that's going to be contrary to what you thought was true. So instead of being in the mindset of deprivation or this is going to suck, I'm going to be missing out. Like we know that story, right? So there's, you know, we ask some questions about like, what are you going to be missing out on? All of the things, which turns out to be nothing. And they're all just your thoughts. And then we create the mindset of why you're actually participating in this activity. And that that really simulates the activity. And then you participate in the activity. And then that is what creates the new neural pathways. And so you continue to do that again and again and again until that piece becomes much stronger. Now, we do absorb, we do learn more quickly, right? When we're younger, because the neural pathways, um, that are are conditioned in our brain aren't as strong. They, they're, the grooves aren't as deep. However, what I have noticed is because you've already learned like the basics of life, like you're not having to learn how to read and write and be social and talk and all of those things that you can have this opportunity as an, as a grown mature woman to come into this program and like focus all of your attention and your effort on this, right? It's like, even if you have children that are growing, even if you're watching a business, it's like you can just decide the majority of my life is like established right now and it's only going to get better. Or I know that by doing this, it's going to have an impact impact on making all of these other things in my life not a problem. If I focus on this, if I really learn the skill of managing my mind and my emotions, like that's what this is really about, right? The alcohol is is what's getting in the way of all of your power of believing that it's true. So we got to just get that out of the way. And that happens through this process. So we're working at the top tier percentage-wise of how much we remember. But when you're just listening to this is about 20%. So emails, read 10%. Verbal. Hear words, verbal, 20% of how much we actually remember. View pictures, 30%. So when you start to go from verbal to visual to action, that's when it gets higher. And that's why coaching works because you're in action of learning a new way. And that's why your attempts at quitting drinking haven't worked on your own, not because you can't do it, but because you haven't been watching and a demonstration. You haven't been teaching the activity, right? When we sit face to face, there's a whole different process there. When you are actually saying the words out loud of the thoughts that have been in your subconscious for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you're saying those words out loud. You're coming out of isolation and bringing what has been in the shadows into the light, that is you teaching your brain, right? When you say things out loud, sometimes they just sound ridiculous. 
ridiculous and something that you may have taken really seriously when you say it out loud or write it down. It sounds so funny. One of the things that we talk about a lot, um, you know, people will say, and I do this all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I'm so busy. And then I'm like, okay, well, what, what are your, what are the things that you have to do to get from here to here? And then we make a list and it's like three things that are like really easy that can all happen in 20 minutes. And then we all laugh. And so instead, that's like going from black and white thinking to the full spectrum of color, right? From stepping to, from being on the canoe, looking at the bottom of the lake to taking yourself onto the shore, seeing the whole thing, kind of assessing the situation, being like, okay, now I get it. Now I know exactly what to do. And then you just figure out what works for you in one area and you do that in every other area again and again and again. And when you reinforce that behavior through the weekly process and then through doing some self-coaching on your own, right? Or just through the way that you're interpreting the rest of your life, because it's not just alcohol. And that's why this process works so much more quickly than if you're just focused on being broken, <laughs> right? Like it has nothing to do with being broken and alcohol not working for you. That's doesn't, that is not what this is about. This is about how am I relating to my entire life? And so the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. You start to see your life through this new lens of personal responsibility of, wow, I get to decide how to judge and observe that, right? It's like, um, I may have shared this on the show, but we're, I think I did, I was talking about like someone heckling and, you know, them being, having been drinking and like, it's like, oh, that person, what a jerk, what an asshole, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? That, when I think that, that makes icky feelings in my body. When I think, ah, you're an asshole, what a jerk, like, oh, I hate you, <laughs> It's like, that makes me feel bad. I'm thinking about that. That person doesn't even know about that. What I decided to think about that person is a man, that person must feel so sad inside. I hope that they find like love. I hope that for, they find the, what they're looking for. Cause them heckling me. It's like sticks and stones may break my bones. Like, I don't care. I'm powerful enough in my own sense of self. Right. So we get to decide like our thoughts are what make us feel icky, not the thing outside. Right. Even if someone is mean to you, like about the blue hair thing, it's like, you get to decide if that's true. Like you could just think every judgment about you is like someone telling you you have blue hair. Unless you have blue hair, then you can just think of a different color. But that's what it is, right? And like most of the time, people aren't even saying shit about you. It's your thoughts about what you think they're thinking. So you're putting thoughts in other people's minds. So this is the journey of awakening from alcohol through the process of one-on-one -on -one coaching. It is a beautiful journey everyone should take. It is mindfulness in action, and it is awakening to go beyond the illusions of conditioning. But you have to start and decide to say yes to your future self. And then we work on awareness. Start to notice something that you didn't before, bringing what was in the shadows into the light through communication, through being honest, through hearing your own words, through observation. You start to see that you have a choice of how you're interpreting the thoughts and the sentences going through your brain. But you have to slow down enough to, to see the witness. You have to like do the thing. You have to do it. <laughs> you have to show up and talk about it, right? And yes, can you do this on your own? Sure. You'd have to be really diligent though. And they're, you're going to miss stuff. Like that's the best part about a coach is like you think things are facts when they're just an opinion. 
like we all do this. We all, I mean, like we have a joke in the house. I've probably said this on the show that there's only one way to fold a towel, right? Like that's just a fact. (laughs) And it's just the way that it is. There's only one way to fold a towel, right? So I could like let that bump up against me. And I, but like, I've decided to just turn it into a joke and I don't actually care how the towels are folded. And if I want to fold it a different way, I just go back behind people and refold them. However, the truth is, is that people like <laughs> this house, <laughs> they just see the wisdom in my ways, right? <laughs> so awareness, education, we learn the new tools for emotional processing and how to cultivate the witness and through simulating the activity. That's what we're doing in the coaching. We're simulating the activity of the actions that you take and the emotions that you're feeling, right? Like how the thoughts are also going to play out. And then growth, generating evidence, evaluate what worked and what didn't, right? And where, where you need extra support. And sometimes you need extra support getting, you know, remembering that there was like a problem. Sometimes we make enough, people can make enough headway that, there's still this like lingering thought that like, oh, but like alcohol is still okay over here, which it is. And there's no rules about what you can and cannot drink. But what we really want to examine is where you have resistance when you say no. Because if you have resistance when you stay, say no, then there's still an attachment and then there's still room to grow, right? And like we all have attachments to things, but it's like, is that attachment going to cause you pain? Because alcohol is a slippery slope and it has nothing to do with you being broken or being able to handle it or not. It's all about conditioning. And the body gets used to that chemical very, very quickly. So it's like, oh, it's okay if I have a couple drinks on this time and I can handle my drinks now, right? Like we've all been there where we've been felt more in control with alcohol, but that is not shifting the mindset about possibility and about alcohol being of value at all, right? And so you want to take it all the way down. And then if you ever feel like you want to have a drink, then you go for it, right? And like, that's up to you anyway. That is not my, like, you know, what's best for you, but we just need to be honest about it, right? Like, is there resistance? Because if there is, then there's attachment. And can you move through that resistance and see what's on the other side of it? Just this once or just twice or just three times. And is it better? What do you want more of? A full experience without some circumstance outside of you controlling your experience? Because I know that I want to have as much control over my experience as I possibly can, because there's so many things outside of my control. So if I can control how I respond to life, right, by releasing, by surrender, by letting go. So it's like the yin and the yang, the masculine, the feminine, right? It's the both and like they're all one and the same because the witness consciousness doesn't have, isn't gendered, right? Gender is just another one of those objects we bump up against in our, in the way that we label ourselves in the world. When we're the witness, we be get to, we get to experience the universal field of consciousness, which is just everything. And man, it's such a more peaceful place to live, but it has to be intentional and you don't live there all the time. And and it's fine to label yourself and to create a self-concept and to have fun. But like, you know, I've put makeup on Emmett before and he's like, I love like putting, um, 
painting my face, right? Like he just sees it as painting his face. And that's kind of what we get to do. It's like, how do you want to paint your face? And what character do you want to be? Like, because like, I was just bored being the character with that was hung over <laughs> all the time and d- d- disappointing myself. Like I didn't want to be that character anymore. And we do work well with a self-concept. Like the ego is very powerful. So it's like, like, let's create a self-concept that feels fucking awesome and go with that. And so it has to start with belief and like that inkling of at least like I'm done playing this character. Like this character's boring. This is not like this is just done. I just want to see something different, right? So this is the process and the journey of awakening with alcohol. And then you get to go on and apply this to every other area of your life and manifest the crap out of everything and crush your dreams and have so much fun and throw a better party and go to bed early and get beauty sleep and wake up feeling refreshed and never feel like there's any emotion that you're not willing to feel on your own. That is all for now. Have an amazing week and I will talk to you soon. Imagine taking the podcast every week to the next level with achievable goals and an action plan tailored specifically to your needs. Finding personalized support is how you gain control of your destiny. In my private one-on-one coaching program, Fast Track to Freedom from Alcohol, you get your own personal cheerleader, that's me, every week, helping you get clear, stay curious, and committed to what matters most versus resigning again and again to your habitual patterns. Every big change starts with one next step. Schedule a complimentary call with the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get a new perspective on an old habit.